Hey, so let's dive in together this morning. We are at the brand new start of a new year. Uh, you will know me if you've uh, heard me ever share at the beginning of a year before, you'll know that I have a particular dispensation to stay away from significant words that kind of span the arc of the year just for fear of the fact that if you say something in January and you have to stick to it till December, who knows what trouble we could get into. Um, but anyway, I do want to dive into a particular uh, passage of scripture, a particular verse that actually is, I've just been sitting with really for the past couple of months and felt really the Lord uh, stirring it in me to share with you again. Now, I, I want to touch on the, the concept and the issue of hope as we pitch ourselves forward, as we think forward into this next year, especially given everything that's happened in this previous year, uh, this pivot moment um, uh, of the new year, I want to take uh, and really bed us into and anchor us into uh, this issue of hope. Now, I realize a couple of weeks before Christmas, Sands uh, in our previous series talked on hope. And so <clears throat> I'm hoping to not go over old ground, but I did feel the Lord stirring me over this specific issue of hope. I wanted to speak into it at the beginning of this year. You know, one of the things that uh, is really uh, key to, the, to the, the new year is we kind of leave one year behind and we step into a brand new year is often the specific questions we begin to ask ourselves right at that kind of pivot moment of one year to the next. And, uh, and I wonder whether there's an opportunity at the beginning of this year to allow maybe the questions that we're asking ourselves, maybe that are left over from what's happened over the course of last year, particularly as we begin to look at things opening up and things beginning to change as we head into this next year, that maybe we could allow those questions uh, to stir us, to help uh, shape some of our vision some of our perspective and and actually in the midst of that that we would invite Holy Spirit to uh, to allow questions to stir up in us that God maybe potentially has questions for us to answer as we chart the course with him as we step into this new year you know it is these pivot moments uh, around the beginning of a year right? in fact any significant moment where there's a pivot from one thing to the next that they are great opportunities to reflect for us to reflect on what's happened but also to look forward and usually right Right at the point of those pivot moments, <clears throat> uh, you know, from the what was to the what's next are really important questions. So I've been asking myself this question. I want to share it with you and hopefully bring it into being a question that we ask ourselves as a community. So as we come through and out of this season that we've been in in 2020, uh, what do we have to offer the world around us? You know, this city, the people that we will ultimately begin to re-emerge into, the communities that we will begin to re-engage with, whether that's in neighborhoods or, or social settings or gyms or work, wherever we begin to re-emerge into, what do we have to offer that those spaces, those people, those places as we come into 2021. You know, as we come out of that season of disconnection, of, of, of restriction and, and maybe even isolation, and we all know what it's felt like to be in lockdown in the beginning in parts of this year, but what does it look like? What do we have to offer the world as we re-emerge out of that season? I think that's a really important question to ask ourselves. I think for many of us, we've been, and I would speak to myself in, in this context as well, we've been in that mode of slightly looking after how we're doing. You know, how does how has the various restrictions affected me? What is going on in my internal world? How is this affecting my family, my friends? You know, it, it, it's, it's my world, a very kind of uh, closed off section of my world. How has this impacted me? But as we come out of that space, I believe the Lord's asking us to begin to process what is it that we have to offer the world around us? 
I want to read Romans 15 verse 13 to you. And again, it's framing that question in the context of hope. And verse 13 says this, this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's that concept of overflowing with hope that I really want to drill into. I think Sam, a couple of weeks ago, he'd really looked at the issue of, of, of our own hope. How do we carry hope for ourselves for our cir- in the midst of tra- challenging circumstances? This verse here that where Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, there is this context of hope that is not just about me. It's about the overflow, which is about what resides beyond myself. And I want to look at and I want to dig into that issue of overflow right at the very beginning of this year, because I believe that as we think about what what lies ahead for us, I believe what our what our friends need, what our neighborhoods need, what our city needs, what our colleagues needs, what our extended family needs. They need hope. Now, in the context of this verse, I believe that there's a there's an amount of hope that we get to experience for ourselves that we then get to live in the excess of that is for other people. This overflowing in hope. And like I said, so often our thoughts is, is how do we get what we need? You know, it's how do I how do I just carry hope for myself? You know, when I've got hopeless situations or challenging circumstances, often the question that we're asking the Lord is, how do I even carry hope for myself? Well, here in Romans, there it goes far beyond just the the, the self-centered, self-orientated conversation of how do I get hope for myself and begins to start to create a context where hope goes beyond myself. It starts in here but then begins to overflow and begins to extend beyond myself. You know, when the question is, what do I need for me? Uh, and that's the only question that we're asking. The only person that ever gets impacted in the midst of that question is me. It's a very self-orientated, uh, 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 self-defining question. But actually, when the question we're asking is, how do I live in the context of a state of overflow? Then the impact of that question is, who do I get to, who do I get to impact in the context of what is overflowing from my life? I get to impact other people with a limitless amount of hope. Um, and other people get to be the beneficiary. It's not just me, it's not just about me. And so as we start this year, as we think about all that God actually will bring us into throughout the course of the year, I wanna challenge us as a community, I wanna challenge myself to start to begin to look beyond myself, to begin to think about the context and the situation of where my life lives in the reality of overflow that begins to impact other people. That's what I want us to hold on to. That's the context of what I believe God is inviting us into in this year. And so the context of this verse in Romans is that the God of hope, would fill you with joy and peace as you trust him so that, in order that, you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if 2021 is going to be an an, uh, unexplainable, countercultural, life-giving, context-defining, situational transforming hope, if that's what we get to experience, to such the extent that whatever we experience in our our lives begins to triple over, 
trickle over into the lives of other people around us, into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, into the city. How do we posture ourselves in such a way? What can we learn from this simple verse that we can begin to start to walk in so that we not only experience the overflow so that we have more than we need for ourselves, but that we start to see we have more than we need in order to give away to the people, situations, and into our city. So if we're going to overflow with joy, uh, sorry, overflow with hope, um, there are three factors that I think we need to just grab onto in these verses, three things that we can hold on to, and three things that we can pay attention to. And firstly, it's the issue of what does God do? Secondly, it's the question of what do I do? And then thirdly, it's what is the nature of the Holy Spirit that empowers that situation of what God does and what I do that actually causes what we carry internally to begin to uh, overflow out into the scenarios and situations and uh, places where we get to show up. So if we're going to overflow with hope, we need to pay attention to the context where that is made possible. And it is those three things, what God does, what I do, and ultimately what the Holy Spirit begins to catalyze in our lives so that the hope that we carry is overflowing beyond us. So I think it's worth acknowledging right at the very start that that the very source of this hope um, is God himself. The, The verse is really, really clear. It says, God of hope. God of hope, fill you with joy and peace as you trust him. So let's look at that, that, that concept of what God does first. He is the source. He is the God of hope. And what does he do? He fills us with joy and peace. That's the starting place. And I feel like maybe that's actually a great place for us to start, even in our daily prayer, to be able to say, God, if I'm going to be one who overflows with hope, I need to start at the source. And the source is that I am connected to you and I am inviting you and I am praying that you would continually fill me with joy and with peace. Now, those are big concepts, even in and of themselves. I don't have time this morning to dive into them. But, but ultimately, I believe that that needs to be our daily prayer. I've started even this week just beginning to ask the Lord as I wake up in the morning, God, today, would you fill me with your joy and with your peace? You know, and first of all, there's this issue of joy. Let me just be clear. Joy is not just feeling happy about things. It's not uh, experiencing a life and a circumstance that all lines up so that I feel happy. It's not an externally motivated thing. It is an internal reality that we get to experience that is gifted to us by God. Um, You know, joy runs far deeper than simply just everything lining up. And so I feel happy. Psalm 51 verse 12 says this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You know, joy is connected to who I am as a result of everything that Jesus has already done. And this is the deep, rich joy that gets to sustain me. Because it's the finished work of Jesus. It's completed what he did at the cross. It never changes. Its impact never diminishes. It's deeply uh, connected to who I am as a result of what Jesus has done. And I get to experience that joy. I get to allow that joy to fill me daily. And so that my perspective on life, the way I see what lies ahead, is framed in the context of what I'm already uh, immersed in at a deep, deep level. And that is joy. And the second aspect of what God would fill us with in this context of being filled with joy and peace is that it's peace. 
Again, this is not just this shallow experience of me feeling at some way at ease because everything is lining up and everything's going, uh, going okay. You know, it's a deeper, richer peace that gets to fill me. And it's a peace that it, I get to experience even in a storm. The reality for us, and we've touched on this numerous times over the course of the last few months as we've called ourselves as a community to live in that place of peace, is that peace is not determined by our circumstances. It's an inside job. The reality of peace that I get to live in is according to the one who is present with me. And that is Jesus, who is Prince of Peace. And so as we daily come to God and say, God, would you fill me with your peace? There is that moment where we realize that peace is not just something that I'm trying to attain. It's a person that I get to live with. That the presence and the power of Jesus in my life will bring a peace to my life. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 7 says this familiar passage and verse would be this. Um, and the peace of God, which transcends or passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You know, this is the peace that we get to be filled with. You know, the peace that goes beyond any sort of rational um, understanding of what lies beyond us. And actually seeing that actually we can live in peace because we acknowledge that Jesus is with us. Uh, that ultimately that um, our circumstances don't define how we think about uh, about life. And ultimately, if they did, actually, maybe we would have a level of, of fear or anxiety or worry about what lies ahead. But actually, because we are connected to Jesus, who is Prince of Peace, and we get to ask him daily to fill us with his presence and his peace, we get to live from that place. So remembering, we are asking that the God of hope would come and fill us with joy and that he would come and fill us with his peace. In fact, let's just take a moment. God, just as we acknowledge that we want to live in hope, we want to live in a, in a reality of hope that pours out of our lives, we recognize that we need to see and experience firsthand your joy and your peace. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you come and fill us, even in this moment, despite what's going on around us at the beginning of this year, with your joy and with your peace. And then there's our part to play. That's what goes on in this Romans 15 section. We ask that we know that we're looking for God to fill us with joy and with peace. And then there's our part to play. And that is this issue of trust, putting our trust in God. And again, uh, all coming together in this context of recognizing we're looking to, to be ones who live in hope and overflow with hope. Proverbs uh, verse three is a uh, sorry chapter three verses five to six is a is a brilliant summation of the concept of trust that we get to experience and it says this trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Listen, this this idea that we get to experience in in, in trusting God that it uh, actually it it goes. Uh, it speaks towards not just what we can think about, but ultimately what we can give our heart to. Now, heart isn't the descriptive term of just what we feel. It's, it's the sum of who we are. It's the embodiment of saying that actually in all of who I am, I trust you, Lord, no matter what's going on, no matter the circumstances. And that's why this invitation here to, to, to lean not on my own understanding. So ultimately, in order to trust, it's saying, I'm not going to trust or lean into some of the natural ways that I might think or behave or believe, but I'm actually going to put my belief and trust 
and how I think and how I behave, I'm going to lean into something very different. And that is my whole submitting of my life to the person of Jesus, to the Lord. And, and as we do this, as we recognize that the first part is that what God does, he fills us with joy and he fills us with peace. Now we get to step into, into life with joy and with peace, recognizing that we can submit all of our ways. And all, I don't know whether you know this, but all is everything. It's every part of my life. You know, my future, the things I'm concerned about now, the things I'm concerned about in the future, my life, my job, my finances, the things that keep me up at night, all of those things I get to submit. I get to give over to him. And that's the beautiful invitation that, that we get to be a part of this kind of overflowing, uh, um, hope-filled people. We get to, in the midst of that, receive joy and peace, and we get to entrust ourselves to God. I was reminded again of, um, and Sam touched on this briefly in his message, I was reminded of, of Abraham and Sarah. There's this verse in Romans 4.18 where it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall you, your offspring be. And this is, this is all wrapped up in the story of Abraham and Sarah, where they were promised, Abraham was promised that he would be a father to the nations. But in reality, Sarah was well beyond childbearing age and so couldn't have a child. And so I mean, she was about 91 at the time. And so in, in, in the current circumstance that they were in, as they were holding on to this promise of being a father to the nations, and then, and then actually the reality of the circumstances, Paul describes um, them as they stepped into an unknown future where the impossible um, was being promised to them, that they were able to, against all hope, live in hope. And it's that weird thing of how do you, against all hope, live in hope and believe? And what it was is, is if you think about it, the, the against all hope was a hope that is defined by the circumstances. Now, the circumstances to have hope for Abraham would be Sarah was able to have children, that the circumstances all lined up and it would seem like it was a natural, normal thing to happen. But actually, that wasn't the situation. The situation that Abraham and Sarah had was hopeless. And yet, against all hope, against the external circumstances, Abraham lived his life according to an inner hope. And that was the inner hope that was defined by what God had already said. And I want us to, to uh, own this for ourselves, that actually, that as we turn into 2021, as we maybe are still in the context of, of challenging situations that we are left over from last year, that ultimately we don't allow the circumstances of our life to define the inner hope that we get to carry. If we're going to be people, these, this Roman 15 people that Paul's talking about, that overflow with hope, then we can't be ones who are defined by our circumstances and limited to that thing of against all hope. You know, that our circumstances are against us. We actually believe in hope. There's a reality internally that's going on. And Abraham, in this situation, choose, choose to lean not in his own understanding, but he submitted all of his ways. He was able to trust God. And, and so in that, all, all of the bits of his life, all of the circumstances that didn't add up to the promise of God, he was able to submit and trust to God. So Abraham, against hope, Abraham was, be, was able to, in hope, believe. 
So there is this, there's this invitation in Romans that I want us to own at the beginning of this year, that actually we would step into a year that would be defined by joy and defined by peace. These are the beautiful gifts that we get to experience because they are gifts from God as we invite him to fill us with joy and fill us with peace. We get to take part in this process where we get to submit our ways, despite our circumstances, submit our ways and trust God for our future, for our situation. And then in the midst of that, that actually um, it's unto that second half so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is the, the final piece to what we find here in Romans 15, that there is a part that God played, there's a part that we played, and ultimately there's a part that the Holy Spirit, his presence and his power in our lives, catalyzing hope. To the point where it's not just, hey, I've got enough hope from today. I've got enough hope for my circumstances. I've got enough hope for what's going on here and now with me. But with the Holy Spirit, there is this exponential uh, dynamic that we experience with hope, where actually the small seed of hope that we may have begins to grow to the extent that actually we begin to overflow with hope. And that's where I want to close us out today. As we look towards the future, as we think about this year, as we uh, contemplate all that has been, but all that will be, my prayer, and I want to pray this in a moment, is that Holy Spirit would step right into this moment and would fill us with his presence and his power again. Listen, I believe that we as a community, we as individuals in this city, in everything that God has called us to do and to be, that actually that it is to be marked by hope, not just a hope that we contain for ourselves, but a hope that overflows. So I want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill each one of us? No matter whether where we find ourselves today, whether we're still processing the challenges of last year or whether we're looking uh, towards the future, towards this year with, with fresh expectation, wherever we find ourselves, God of hope, would you come today, this morning, right now and fill us with your joy and would you fill us with your peace? We choose to lay all of the circumstances, the good things and the hard things, we choose to submit them to you, God, in this moment. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill us again. Father God, we want to be a people who represent you, the God of hope, a hope that overflows from my life and begins to impact and pour out into the lives of people, into the situations around me, and ultimately into the story of this city, that the hope of this community would overflow in such a way that we impact lives, we bring hope to the hopeless, we bring um we bring a sense of a future and a destiny to those that feel like they have none. And so, Father, start with us. Do it with us first in order that, Holy Spirit, as you fill us again, that that exponential hope would flow out to those people around us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you, maybe even tomorrow, over the next few days, just begin to Pray that prayer of invitation that God would come and fill you with his joy and fill you with his peace. Begin to mark out that territory to say you are going to be someone, live a life that overflows in hope. And let's see the incredible things that God will do in that, in that context of hope that's not only in my life, but flows from my life.